Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, it's nice to be here. It's nice to see everybody. Um, I'm using earbuds and I can't hear myself at all. Does do I sound okay? Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share pictures of myself in the chat, which is useless to the recording. <laughs> um, but uh, I find that people appreciate it. Um, so my uh, the thing that I really just want to share more than anything else. I'm a little worried that. I'll say um too many times. Uh, I have relative calm around food and I didn't believe that was possible. Um, it's just, it's pretty mind blowing. Uh, I was, I feel like I was an accident waiting to happen with every addictive compulsive behavior from a very young age. Um, I, I, I thought I was uh, just like nothing but nothing but awkward. And I realized looking back that I had body issues from a very young age. I thought I was, uh, I thought I was skinny and funny looking. I thought my nose was enormous. It kind of is now, but when I was a kid, it was fine. Um, and it's still fine. It's mine. Um, so, uh, the, the, yeah, I just, I was told I was smart. Um, and I thought that's all I was. So I didn't, I didn't think, uh, I thought if I did anything stupid or appeared foolish, like all was lost. And so of course I grew up being something of a, a smart aleck and possibly a mansplainer. Um, and I'm a recovering mansplainer, how about that? Um, and um, food was just core from, the, from way back. My mom made holidays, the celebration was about sugar. Uh, and if we went to uh, like a picnic or something and there was like a, like soda in a cooler, like that's what my entire focus was. Uh, and I would have many, many, many of them. And, and I was the kid who would eat all his Halloween candy, you know, within a day or two. Um, and um, I now believe that that sort of thing was probably, uh, you know, I think I was getting high to, in a way that I, because I did fall into, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I also have a history with other substances. Um, you know, the way that sugar affected me was kind of off my radar. Um, I was such kind of such a, such a addict. Um, but now uh, I've been sober for 17 or 18 years uh, 18 years. And, um, that's after 12 years of trying to get sober. Um, and I was different than a lot of people. I used to drink and eat like drinking would let me, uh, would set me free and I wouldn't be ashamed to go to the second fast food place. Um, so, uh, yeah, I put the link to the pictures and you can see I, I was up somewhere around 380 pounds. I stopped weighing myself at uh, 350. Um, I probably shared this before. It was a very vivid experience where I was in a gym and uh, I went to get on the scale 
and uh, you know, carefully put the weights all the way to the one side because I knew it was going to be bad news. And I stepped on the scale and it just went bang because the I was past the end of the, it was higher than it could go. It only went to 350. And it felt like that was those insanely loud sound. And I just sort of got off the scale and was like, I'm not gonna, not gonna try to do that again. So I don't know how heavy I got, um, but um, it was, uh, you know, going back to when I was in high school, uh, my mom was kind of a, a health food, uh, I started to say nut, that doesn't seem nice anymore. Um, she was really into health food and uh, she made amazing homemade things. Um, she like had a mill and mix and ground the, the wheat to make the bread that she made. And she turned butter from cream from a dairy that was raw milk. And um, uh, it was just like, and so I grew up with all of that stuff. And I thought like processed food was the greatest thing ever and fast food. So as soon as I had the freedom to do it, I would do, eat that all the time. But the, the thing was in high school, I was playing um, badminton, which is actually a serious sport uh, in most of the world. And that's um, five, first five minutes, Mike. Thanks so much. Um, and so two and a half hours, you know, think of it as like two, two and a half hours of racquetball every day. You can eat a lot of, a lot of food if you're, if you're that active and um, not gain any weight. But as soon as I was out of high school and I wasn't doing that anymore, um, I just started gaining weight very, 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 very quickly. And, um, and I was just, you know, pretty helpless. I was just trying to feel okay. You know, later on in life, I realized that I was, had undiagnosed ADHD, which is why I couldn't seem to do anything. Like I would have all these ideas and I would start a million things, including college and, um, couldn't hang in there. And, you know, and later on when we learned that, uh, prefrontal cortex development gets, you know, finished in your mid to late twenties. Um, that's when I went back to school and actually muddled through with, you know, C's, but you get to C's get degrees. Um, and, um, so, you know, basically when all of the, um, when all of the substances got taken away, all I had was food and I desperately needed to escape um, my feelings. Uh, I had no other tools. And I also had PTSD, undiagnosed PTSD. And uh, my, um, my best friend, when I was a kid, tried to, tried to kill his dad. And I had been uh, like weirdly appointed as his keeper. And so there, that's one thing. And then there's, Another thing that, uh, that I don't, I guess I don't need to go into, but um, I basically every few months would have an experience of uh, a really severe triggering where I would lose track of what was going on and um, feel like I was e evil and uh, deep, deep shame that I didn't understand. And, um, and when it was over, I would forget. And so I had this experience of realizing that that had been happening all my life at one point it happened and for the first time i went wait this is not new um and i started getting help and it took a really long time um anyway but alcohol is a great medication for ptsd and not not really but it, it works instantly and food helps too um 
the act of eating takes me out of myself. I used to think, well, the problem with food for me is that it only seems to fix things while I'm eating. You know, as soon as I stop eating, I don't, it's not like taking a drug in that way. It doesn't last for a while. It just, I just have to keep eating and eating and eating. And eating. So, um, uh, I, yeah, so I was really very large and, um, and pretty helpless. And, uh, you know, I used to, uh, you know, spend a lot of time in the car, you know, just, just, just eating like crazy. And, um, I think a decade ago came to OA and my, um, my mother, uh, struggled with her weight. Um, and she was in OA and then decided it wasn't any good and went to another food program and became very, uh, adamant about that being what I needed to do in her nice way of being adamant. Um, and um, so I was really skeptical of OA. And when I, when I first started coming, um, I was skeptical of OA and I was also skeptical of my ability to, to do it. But I got a sponsor and I started working the steps. And, um, but it, it, was, it was just very, very difficult to put any time together. Um, and, uh, eventually in my thirties, I started rediscovering exercise and I damaged my knees trail running at 340 pounds. Um, and, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm just laughing because it's, it was such a joy to like, to run. And I'm so sad that I didn't know that it was a little bit you know, I needed, I needed to know more about, about what I was doing. And I finally have done the physical therapy and my knees are working. I just did a really long hike and it was great. Um, so, 10 minutes. okay. So thank you. I, I just want to, I guess, so I just awash in helplessness, you know, and, and pretty much certainty that I was never going to recover. And food was just the thing that I turned to, to feel better. Um, and to escape trauma and escape depression and escape feelings. And now I know for sure if I'm overeating, uh, if I am feeling the compulsion to eat, I know it's, uh, it's about the feelings. It, I can, you know, it's funny. I work with uh, several sponsees and, uh, you know, the question comes up, is it, it's, it's not always about the feelings. And I'm, and I, I'm like, well, I don't know what it is for you, but it is for me. You know, it really is. And uh, if you're like me, that's the place that needs to be addressed. If the food have, if the food behaviors are going to change and that's easy to say, how do you address the feelings, you know? Um, and there are lots of ways, but finding the people you can be honest with and being honest with them uh, is really helpful. Um, and the steps are designed to get one started doing that. Um, so I, I guess I just want to say, so I, I, I was in OA, I was floundering for a long time. I would get a little bit of time, a little bit of abstinence, and then I would stumble. And um, 
I would stumble with sugar and sugar and alcohol are very similar for me. Once I start, it's very, very hard to stop. It's very, very hard to stop sugar. Um, and for me, that means, um, you know, an entire thing of cookies and a thing of ice cream while driving home from work. And really frighteningly, uh, I would get home to my family. Um, and when I did that, everything was chill. Like the, they were often too loud for me. And, and like, I, it was very hard to come home a lot of the time. Um, and the sugar, massive, massive dose of sugar and fat or whatever would just fix that. It was very drug-like. I, I remember going, oh, I'm in trouble <laughs> um, because that's unsustainable. So uh, because I kept floundering in OA, I tried another program and I felt the, the program I tried, I, I had some success, but then felt very sort of alienated. Like I couldn't feel like I became part of it. And I, I can't say I stayed long enough. Maybe if I'd stayed long enough, I would have. And then I left that and I just started really suffering with binging. And this is about two, three years ago. And um, I went to the um, eating disorder clinic at Kaiser because I have Kaiser insurance and was told uh, there's no such thing as food addiction and um, you just need to stop doing that and you need to stop feeling bad about it. Like, don't, don't feel bad about your, it's just food. There's nothing wrong with food. That's all in your head. These programs are brainwashing you. And uh, I was like, oh, and um, the, the thing that I eventually took away, I wrote them a long letter because it seemed very clear that they were not like me. They, they didn't, they, you know, I was told literally, you, you may need to binge right now. Like, you know, you, you, you need to do the emotional work and stuff, which I agree. Um, but if it may just be a thing you need to do. And I was like, that's like telling someone, you know, you need to be, you know, crushed under a, you know, three ton weight, you know, like it just has to happen right now. Like it's, it's terrible. It's it, you, you, you're, you're hurting yourself and emotionally it's devastating and it's awful. It's like, it's like you just have to torture yourself periodically right now. And I was like, that's, that's not nice. I don't, for me, that's not okay. Um, so, uh, but I also came away with this feeling that, that my, I had taken the idea of addiction with alcohol. You know, when you dance with the gorilla, the gorilla decides when you stop. Um, and I applied it directly to food and I no longer feel that way. Um, I'm not even sure that's true for me anymore with alcohol. I'm just not gonna check it out. Um, but if I have, if I, if I have a little bit of something that I don't normally eat, um, I'm, I don't feel that I'm falling, gonna fall off a cliff. Um, it's not a disaster. It's just like, whoa, don't wanna do that. And I can move back away from it. Um, and- um, You have five minutes left. Okay. So um, I, yeah, I really wanna talk about what my, my program is like today. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't ever think that was possible for, for there to be this relative calm um, ab about food. The, um, you know, my, uh, so my abstinence is um, no, no sugary sweets. I do eat savory foods that have sugar in them, but, you know, not as a primary ingredient. Um, 
and you know roughly fifth or more ingredient though i don't eat very many things that have lists of ingredients on them that's not true uh, i don't eat so many things i don't eat they're not the primary things the primary things are pretty basic you know um, i am a carnivore an omnivore still though my heart says that's wrong <laughs> maybe i'll get around to that um but um uh, yeah, you know, like vegetables and things, they don't have lists of ingredients. You don't have to worry about hey, how high is the sugar on this? Um, so uh, I don't eat cake and ice cream. And um, there's some borderline things like popcorn, which I can be compulsive about, but uh, but it's not illegal. And, um, and uh, I work with, uh, I think three, maybe four, I have, uh, I have definitely have three sponsees. Um, I, I, I'm in more than multiple programs. So I, I, I think I have four sponsees altogether. Um, and um, so I'm on the phone most days. Um, I'm also, I also text what I plan to eat to a small support group that texts one another. And um, we, you know, the, the primary part of my abstinence right now is actually just being honest about it. You know, I just, and, and trying to be preemptive. That's my big struggle right now is I, I, I get stressed out and I get, you know, grumpy and sort of childish and just, I'm really hungry. I'm going to eat this. And, and so I eat and then I post it later. And, and that can be a slippery slope for me. But my, the whole, what is a slippery slope is so completely different now. Um, oh, so I don't, I don't really snack. Um, I generally eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, uh, and I, just before dinner, because I'm really, really privileged and lucky and my partner makes dinner 99% um, of the time, you know, I just get handed a plate or told there's the stuff. And so if I'm, the rule is if I'm, told there's the stuff when i make my plate i actually weigh and measure you know and then post that weighed and measured meal on my text and then text what i'm gonna have for breakfast and lunch the next day um and um the step work and ongoing inventory takes care of the stuff i would eat over um, it just there's there's a the steps allow me to address um, you know, resentments and fears. I think for me, fears became the big thing that I hadn't, didn't understand how to deal with uh, early in my 12-step life. Um, so I go to two, two OA meetings. No, I go to one OA meeting and another food program meeting. Um, that's not a program you probably know about. If you're curious, let me message me um, and uh, and one AA meeting and I work with the sponsees and I post my food and food is it doesn't rule my brain all day um, that's that's the biggest relief I guess the last thing that I also want to add that was a really a, a really major a really major deal that I, I would recommend to everyone I only speak for myself but I did a one of those food uh, plans where you remove all the foods that anyone's ever been addicted to 
and you do that for like 30 days and then you slowly systematically put things back and for me that i discovered that uh, for me and cheese cheese was the final frontier um, i had taken away all these things um, but i could obsess about the cheese i was going to have with dinner or with whatever all day just like the ice cream or the alcohol or anything else and so when i took out the dairy um, that's when the calm settled in that I never experienced in my entire adult life. And I was just like planning the food and then in between meals, not thinking about it. And um, that's, that's time. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, everybody.